So, over the past few weeks, I've been thinking and praying about how I can encourage you guys to make Jesus your number one priority, which can be pretty difficult in like the busyness of life. We're going to be talking about firstly, why we should prioritize him. And then if we understand that, how we can let him lead all parts of our life. We're going to be highlighting some of the amazing characteristics of God. And then in response to his power, how we can and want to prioritize him. Um, if you have Bibles, you can follow along. I will be sort of spit-firing like verses at you, so you've got to have quick fingers. Um, we're going to start in Romans 8.10. It says, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subjected to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. As Christians, we should understand and accept that we deserve death because of our sins. But through God's incredible grace and mercy, he sent his son to die on the cross for us. He took the punishment away from us just to see his son suffer on the cross. Through this, we can know that we have eternity in heaven with God after death. We have hope in this promise throughout our lives. We are at the receiving end of an immeasurable favour. We have been gifted an incredible gift. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. God has gifted us with eternity in heaven with him. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? Yeah, eternity. Woo. Um, <laughs> so um, I want you to think about all the sins you have committed, like all the crap that you have done and will do in your life. Like, you know, there's more coming. Um, you may or may not have heard this analogy before, um, but if you think about all the sins you've done, I just have them up here, the ones that you can remember, um, think about if each one was placed on a piece of paper, like an A4 sheet of paper. And these papers, once you die, dictate whether you can go to heaven. Depending on what's on the papers and how many there are, they decide where you'll go, your fate after death. Think about all your sins, all that paper all the folders they would have to hold all your paper. And then on top of that, think about how, how much paper you wasted printing off all your sins and like how many trees you killed. And so they had to add like more paper on top of that for like each tree. Um, anywho, sorry. <laughs> all of your sins, all the lies, the hurt, the anger, the ungodliness in paper form. And as your life goes on, this pile, it just gets like bigger and bigger. You can't carry it. It's like towering over your head. There's a lot there, right? And when you finally die, there's just too much. And you're told that you'll be going to hell. But then, there's a person there, and he has no paper. 
like literally none at all. He takes your pile and gives you his empty little folder. This is what God has done for us. He sent his only son down from heaven to take the punishment for us. He took the suffering we deserved so that we could be free. There's more though. God is not limited by what he has done for us. He has so many more incredible characteristics that we can look up to which are found in the Bible. He is not just the God that saved us from our sins. He is our creator, he is powerful, he is loving, he is just, and he is present in our lives today. There are so many verses I could read you that I've read and that I've like researched, um, but I'm just going to read out three. In Romans 15, 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This verse was written in Isaiah. Jesus was not born till the New Testament. Does that make sense? Um, God has a plan and we can trust him through that. Last one. In Job 26, 7 to 10, it says, God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps the rain in his thick clouds and the clouds don't burst with the weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with clouds. He created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set the boundary between day and night. He is utterly perfect. The more I read these verses, the more awe and admiration and sort of reverence I have towards him. Reverence is just sort of a word for like when you have a really um, like deep respect for something. I would hope that as you hear these verses, it incites passion and drive into your hearts, makes you motivated to want to please him. You see, the more we pray, the more we read our Bible, the more we learn about him, the more we should want to serve him. So what's our response to these things? His power, all his majesty, all his authority. We should understand that there is nothing and no one more worthy of our attention than God. All of these things are telling us and showing us that he is worthy of being first in our lives. There is nothing that he has ever done that would make him unworthy. If he is worthy of our attention and priority, this may be a little obvious, we should give him our attention and priority. Wow, go figure. I'll say it again. If he's worthy of our attention and priority, we should give him our attention and priority. What does this look like? At the base of this, we need to be considering Christ in all parts of our life, having him at the forefront of our minds and making sure we remember him through everything. Remembering him through the hardest times in our life when it feels like nothing could be worse, and reminiscing about him through the moist, most joyful and delightful times. I almost said moist. <laughs> this is what it's like to have Jesus as your number one priority. It is difficult, though. No one's perfect. 
Um, I look back on moments in my own life where I've sort of forgotten God. Um, not fully, but you know, you sort of get like a little bit too independent. You're like, I can do this all by myself, but you really can't. Um, I remember when I started my first job out of high school, I was working for a real estate agency, um, and it was honestly pr pretty cutthroat. I was often scared to talk to all the other employees because like the official office jargon was being like rude and hurtful and like just generally hating the world. They would prioritize different clients depending on their socioeconomic status, which is just how much money they had. Uh, they were also very unforgiving. Like if you do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. It was all eye for an eye and not a lot of just genuine compassion or like generosity. I did notice this at first, but as I settled into the workplace, I, find, I found myself adapting to their ways by mimicking their characteristics. I thought it would help me fit in. It wasn't so much as an active choice, like one day I stopped and I was like, okay, the rest of the people here are sort of being really rude and ungodly, so I'm gonna do that. You know, it wasn't like that. It was just sort of a general progression towards like sucking as a human being. I would be less empathetic of those people around me. Um, and the biggest thing was, I was saying really nasty and hurtful things, and it was happening really naturally. After a while, I was the one of the employees who I was hesitant to talk to in the beginning. I look back on that time in my life and understand that I was not prioritizing God when I worked there. I was not living in a way that pleased him. I was not modeling the lifestyle that a Christian should be living. James 1.26 says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. I ended up actually leaving that workplace and a big reason was that I wasn't good at being a Christian there and they weren't supportive of my faith at all. In those moments, I asked myself, how did I do that? How did I ever forget our incredible God and what he has done for me? God was worth more than the people at my workplace. God was worth more than trying to feel at home amongst them, and God was worth more than the job itself. He should have been the basis of my worldview. If he was, it would have outworked into how I was living. For you guys, it might not be the way that you're settling into your new job. It could be how there's a really big difference between how you act at youth and how you act at school, you know? Like, so at youth, you're all godly and you're really great at being a Christian, but then as soon as you go to school on Monday morning, you're swearing and bullying people and being really mean. Or even as you finish youth and just go home to your own house, are you bullying your siblings? Are you disobeying your parents? These ways of living you might not think are forgetting God, but they are not following his word. They're not pleasing to him. Romans 12.1 says, So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer. It may be confusing to think about what is pleasing to God. I've come up with three strategies that we can use um, that 
uh, can help us prioritize God in our lives um, and help us live in a godlier way. So the first one is having a relationship with God. The second one is reading the Bible. And the third one is prayer. Number one, having a relationship with God. This may sound simple, but if you understand his greatness, like the verses that we read before and stuff, and you want to start living in a way that pleases him, you need to have a relationship with him. Hebrews 11.6 says, No one can please God without faith. For whoever comes to God must have faith that God exists and rewards those who seek him. This is the first step to prioritizing Jesus, being a Christian and starting your relationship with our creator. You can't please God without your own faith in him. And if you aren't a Christian, right, and you don't believe in God and you don't believe in salvation, then what are you even doing it for? If you haven't become a Christian and are thinking about it, I would encourage you to talk to a leader. I think they would want nothing more um, than to help you make a commitment to God. Having a relationship with God is at the heart of prioritizing him. If he is not in your heart, then it's going to be really hard to prioritize him because deep down you really won't want to. If your heart isn't in prioritizing Jesus, you won't be successful at it. Secondly, we need to read our Bible. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. If we have a relationship with God, we need to read the Bible to understand how to live in a godly way. Does that make sense? Cool. Imagine, right, in your little minds. Um, oh, they're not little. Um, you had this whether, sorry, you were working on like a relationship, whether it's a boyfriend or like a boy space friend, you know, or a girlfriend, or just like a friend that's a girl, um, but you knew absolutely nothing about them. Like, imagine if it was a real girlfriend, not like those ones that you have in Year 7, where you guys, like, high-five and go on a group date to laser tag, and it's a thing. Um, <laughs> like, a real girlfriend, and you're like, I'm going to get her a bunch of flowers. How cute. Um, so you go down to the florist, you pay for them, you take them to her house, you give them to her, and she takes one look at them and has to run away because it will trigger her violent hay fever. What if you had a guy friend, right? Just a mate, a bro. And you thought, I'm going to get him a coffee, like maybe on your way to church. So you go through a drive-thru, get him like an iced latte or something cool. And you go, you give it to him, and he's like, nah, sorry, man, I'm lactose intolerant. You'd probably be like, oh no, I did not know that about you. It's the same with God. <laughs> if we don't read the Bible, we don't know what we are doing would be pleasing to God. We need to be familiar with God's word so that we understand how we can best love him. Lastly, we need to pray. Prayer is our way of communicating with God. We can thank him for things, praise him, or even ask for help. Now especially, we can pray that the Holy Spirit will help us be discerning and careful with how we live. Pray that God will give us strength against the temptations of the world, and pray for the people around you who you think aren't living in a godly way. 
you'll find the more that you practice these things, the more we can grow towards living a godlier life, which is prioritizing God. When we commit to doing these things, we can change our hearts, which will flow into our actions. When our hearts change, it makes it much easier to live for the Lord. Sort of like how I said when we were talking about having a relationship with God. When we live in a way that pleases him, we are putting him first. So those three strategies, having a relationship with God, reading the Bible and prayer, can also be used in decision-making. We can utilise them in this way. So say you were trying to decide between going to night church or working a late shift. You could think, number one, am I valuing my work over my relationship with God? Having a relationship with him. Number two, reading the Bible. I understand that in the Bible it says that things of this world are temporary and ultimately worthless because you can't take them to heaven, which was really my motive for doing the shift because I would have finally had enough money to buy myself a whole new outfit. Number three, I'm going to pray that God will help me care less about money. It probably won't happen that fast or like in a conversation with yourself. Um, It's just meant to emphasize your thought process. The point is the more we practice these things, the easier it becomes to prioritize him. Ultimately, this is the part if you weren't listening where you do listen. This is what I want you guys to take away from this. I want you to understand God's power and majesty and what he has done for us. I would hope that it would spur you on into making him your priority in life. It's hard to do that though, um, and there are going to be times in our life when we forget to focus on him. I want you to improve and work out your relationship with God. Read the Bible so we can understand how to live for him. And lastly, I want you guys to pray that he will help you do this. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us here this week to learn more about you. I pray that after today you will help us prioritize you. I pray that you'll help us focus on this and help each other make you our number one. Amen.